This is the Shea Spark Show, where business and military leaders share what it means to invest in leadership, relationships, and self-love. And stay tuned for the end of the interview. There is a new coaching segment that you won't want to miss. Have you ever felt like you have had your heart ripped open? I mean, like literally ripped open. Well, and figuratively too. Our guest today has experienced both figuratively and literally And boy, does he have a story to share with you. Welcome to the Shea Sparks Show, formerly known as the Power of Investing in People podcast, where we talk to business and military leaders about what it means to invest in leadership, relationships, and self-love. This is season 10, and it is time to shake things up a bit and listen to what I've been called to do. And here we are shifting and expanding the name. I am your host, Shay Sparks, Chief Excitement Officer of Sparks of Fire International, where we spark leaders to find, use, and share their voice through coaching, podcasts, and publications so that they are fired up about their life and business. And talk about being fired up. Do I have someone amazing for you to meet today? Welcome to the show, Michael Bott. Yay. Yay. 10 years. I did not know 10 years. God, that is so impressive. Not 10 years, season 10. So it's been five years though. Five years. (laughs) Bravo, Shay. That, That says so much about you. I mean, just durable and endurance and brilliance and creativity. Oh, I love that story so much. Bravo, Shay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I, I just want to say, first of all, I'm so excited to have you on the show. You have this energy, this passion that just exudes from you, as you can already hear and and tell that I am just honored to have you on the show. And I have to give a shout out to our mutual friend, Dan Warheide, for yes. connecting us. So love that dude. Here. Love Dan. I love him. Yes, he's he's awesome. And so for those of you who don't know Michael Botts, his bio is I'm falling down is allowed and but getting up is required is the foundation of his teachings. He also writes that in his book, he teaches it to audiences and his clients. He is also a United States Marine veteran, a father of four and a 20 year business owner. He there has been failures, epic failures. And through those failures, he has created a success formula that his clients to reach their goals in spirit, soul, and body. And we're going to talk about those failures here in a minute. And you can find out more on his website at the michaelbotsexperience.com. So uh, Michael, I always like to start off with the show of what does investing in self-love mean to you? Well, you know, it's funny. I, I'm just evolving a new coaching group, a group coaching that I do on Sunday nights, and it's turned into all about self-love. Mm. So I think the key to self-love is that it's been looked down on in religion and society. And, you know, it's just, it's like you're being selfish, but actually being selfish is when you don't self-love right. because when like you, Shay, there's this line of people behind you, a big giant line, and they drink from your cup. 
And if you don't do self-love, your cup is empty. Mm -hmm. Your tribe dies of thirst. So it's actually selfish not to self-love because that's the only time your cup gets full. It's like people that are watching this podcast right now, they're filling their cup. And someone might be saying, and you have a cup right there. That's perfect timing. (laughs) And someone might be saying, well, that's selfish. We need dinner. That's selfish. You know, Mm -hmm. you got to finish your emails. But actually, it's the opposite of that. Because when they're done here, their cup is going to have something in it. And now they have something to give to their tribe. Mm -hmm. So self-love is keeping your cup full so that you can be the best business owner. You can be the best leader. You can be the best parent. You can be the best business partner. You know, these things demand. And if you don't self-love, you will deplete these. And then you're giving everybody half or a third of what you truly are. I love, love this that you said about, you know, it comes from a a full cup, not an empty cup. I believe that it starts with being able to overflow from that cup rather than depleting it. Yes. You know, rather than just pouring from that cup, it's it's not even about pouring. It's about overflowing. Yes. And so, you know, when you are flying, we always they always tell us to put on our mask first. Yes. Then help the next person. Yes. And as society, I love that you mentioned about being selfish. As society, we've learned that or we've been programmed, I should say, that taking time for ourselves has been deemed as selfish. Yes. And we really are on the cusp, I believe, just in the very beginning of shifting that mindset of that programming of what we think is selfish. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, it's everything from a massage to, you know, meditation to listening to live music, whatever your thing is, you know, going to the beach. I mean, you're right there in Florida where you get to, you know, the beach is total access, whatever your self-love is, The thing is to have the courage to not let it anyone else judge you for it, whatever that is. If having a cat and the love of the pet, you know, that's a great example. You having pets is not selfish because their love transforms your heart. It transforms who you are, you know? And so every time that we're doing a self-love act, if we can have the courage to own it, and then make it part of our regiment, that's when our cup is going to overflow. And that's when everyone in our tribe gets to drink is when mm-hmm. we have the courage to do that. I thank you for mentioning my cat. So for those of you who are listening to this and not watching the video, my cat just jumped on the back of my chair. And I will tell you a funny story about my cat because I think it le- kind of leads into what you just said. So this cat is not a friendly-ish cat. It's still warming up to the house, right? It's still warming up to to us. (laughs) And it doesn't like come over and want to like lay in your lap, like like you see on TV, like a normal cat, right? This cat just wants you to sort of pet it, but it walks away. Like it wants you to have your hand down and then it just walks under your hand. But that's (laughs) it, kind of a thing, right? So it wants me to acknowledge that it's here, right? And today it was laying on the foot of my bed and I just picked it up and I, I hugged it and I was, I was kind of laughing to myself because I'm thinking how often were we like to hug things like make, like, I just want you to love me. Yes. Right. Yes. And what if we did that to your ourselves? Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Like, I just want you to love me. 
yes. me. Like I need to love me. As you are this moment with nothing added, yeah. nothing taken away. You know, one of the things I teach is that we're born. I am enough. And I can prove that to you. The, the way I can prove it to you is you learn to talk, walk and eat without any reject, without worrying about rejection. You never see a baby lay awake at night. No milk for me tonight, mom. I'm stressed because I didn't walk today. That never happened. Right. Just, babies don't care if they got spaghetti all over their face. They don't care if they <laughs> fall down a hundred times. There's no presence of the of what other people think. But then we get caught in the riptide of life and we get sucked out into the ocean of mm -hmm. am I enough? And in am I enough, we learn not to tell to have self-love. Right. And enough, we're like, I have to please everyone else. You know, we're saying sorry all the time and we're, you know, apologizing for our inconveniencing someone or whatever that looks like for you. And my job, my the reason I'm on the planet is to help you start pulling back the layers and start to reveal that I am enough again. Mm. You know, and when you when it dawns on you that I am enough is your base DNA truth, you will take time for self-love. Because it only makes sense. It only makes sense. The only way that I can absolutely pour my love into something else or someone else is if I have self-love. I agree. And, you know, I I just brings me up to, to think about, you know, when we are children, we're not doing anything. We're being absolutely. babies, right? Yes. And how, again, we go through this world in today's world, we get programmed to believe that we have to do yes. something in order to receive love. Yes. Right. Yes. So it's just amazing. I had no idea we we're going to get this deep on, on the subject of love, but I love, I, I love it. it. It just really is, is just such a profound topic when we break it down to this, because yes. it's really about being Yes. Love to ourselves so that we can then be love as an example to other people. Yes. Imagine having a to be list as opposed to a to do list. Mm, yes. I love that. Because if I'm just going to be a father, it's going to be a different things that I act on than if I'm doing father. If I'm doing father, you know, I'm calling him, telling him I love you. My kids are adults now. So. 21 is my youngest. So it's different than when they were younger. But if I'm doing father, I'm sending texts, you know, I'm making sure they love me. I'm making sure they're taken care of. But if I'm being father, my inner voice or my spirit will say, hey, no one needs a call right now. Or, hey, go by and drop off flowers. That's being. And that's different because the doing. Here's the thing. When we know what to do and we don't do, we beat ourselves up out of am I enough? Right. And then we feel guilty. But if we were being, there's no room for guilt because you were being whatever you were inspired to be that day inside of their lives. And sometimes it's maybe it's quiet. You know, maybe they need hands off for a second, you know, and with our business, the same way with a business. You know, are you being a business owner or are you checking off the to do list of, of a, a business owner? Those are different. Those are way different. Yes. The two places that I always teach my clients that you need to be is you need to be in the marketplace and you need to be in the space. And if you'll do those two things, you are being a business owner. I know there's back off stuff. I know I owned a business for 20 years. I know there's payroll. I understand all that. But I promise you, if you be a business owner in the space 
that's meditation and in the marketplace with whatever your clients are like you're doing right now, then that is where all the rest will just flourish out of that. Beautiful. So beautiful. You know, I think it's often that we get confused that we need to do and then, and then we'll have, and then we'll be whatever it is we aspire to be right. Rather than reverse engineering it and we be, and then we do, and then we have. Yeah. A great example of that is, is exercise. How many of us have exercise equipment with clothes on it and we, and it's a perfect (laughs) place to hold our dirty clothes or our dry dry clothes. Mm -hmm. But that's because we thought if we have a, a treadmill or weights, then we'll do the workout and then we'll be someone who's fit. But mm-hmm. if you flip it, if you be someone who fits and you put your tennis shoes on and you go for a walk after a couple walks and it starts to become a habit because you're being, then you have something or you do something and then you can have the, the treadmill and you'll actually use it. But it's because you started being first. In a business owner, you know, if you want to start a business, you don't need the best computer and the best this, the best this. What you need to do is you need to go talk to customers. Be a business owner. I promise you all that other stuff will work itself out. And, and as a business owner myself, the first, the next shiny thing, I'm always like, oh, let's try this. Let's try this. Try this. And this is what I believe success breaks down to. Simple, boring, and predictable. And my clients are always like, simple? It's not simple. I said, don't get simple confused with hard. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm saying it's it's these fundamentals. Five years of a podcast, that is a fundamental. That is brilliant. That's Mm. simple. I show up, I do a podcast, I find a guest. Simple, predictable. When you're doing podcasts, what happens? You have exposure. People are calling you. Business is growing. You know, boring. Doing a podcast all the time, that can get boring. It could be like, wow, I've done five years of this. But simple, boring, and predictable is exactly what's gotten you to this beautiful blossom of success that you have now. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And I have to tell you, it's never boring. <laughs> never boring. I, I like love, that energy. I like love, that energy. Love, love, love it. It is never boring. And predictable, I can't even say it's predictable. Simple, it is. It's a conversation. And I am honored to have uh, great conversations with amazing people like you. And we were talking just a little bit ago about the being part with with exercise. And one thing I have to say, I've admired you since we've been connected is watching how you blossom on social media with how you are being fit by all your posts that you were doing and stuff like that. Can you tell us what really inspired you to start being fit on social media? I love this question. I'm so happy to tell you about this. Thank you so much. When I used to, I was a college athlete, played for a national championship. I was in the Marine Corps. So fitness is a part of who I am, right? And then I get married and have these kids and I gain a lot of weight and I get heavy and I get out of shape and I'm beating myself up. I'm not self-loving by any way, shape, or form. And and I would always start and stop. You know, I was the do, have, and be. You know, I thought if I... If I have the membership, then I'll do the workout and then I'll be someone who's fit. And my evolution, Shay, became where I, before I was working out for a goal, a long-term goal, you know, to look a certain way to when we go on the cruise, I want to feel a certain way, you know, all of this stuff was out there. And my evolution was now I work out for today. Mm -hmm. When I go to the gym, I'm going to the pharmacy 
and I am cashing in my chits and I'm getting some pharmaceuticals and those pharmaceuticals help clear me. So my self-love act, one of them is an exercise routine. And when I hit it, man, I stay in the flow. I stay in the zone. It is brilliant how much it happens. But the reason I do it now is for today, not for some goal out there that I may reach or may not reach. But my goal is I'm going to go today. I walked three miles today. I'm going to go today. I'm going to get my walk in. And when I'm finished, this is all clear. The fog is clear. I'm focused. I can come here and pour my whole self into you because my cup runneth over, Mm -hmm. you know, when I go to the gym, you know, I just had this open heart surgery. So it kind of threw me off kilter and I'm, I'm trying to get myself out of the darkness of it. And one of the things that I'm missing and I'm ready to get back to is go there and touch metal and move it. Mm -hmm. That's my workout, but it doesn't matter what you're doing. I offer you that the why of now Mm. is really important as opposed to thinking I want to fit into that dress or I want to look good for the wedding or I'm going to look good for the prom. What if it was, I want to go move today because when I move today, it's going to clear everything and I'm going to sleep better. I'm, I mean, it makes me eat better because I'm like, I use that energy up. Now I wanted to make a better choice. It's just brilliant. How many things it opens for us. And when we don't, don't how many things it closes for us. Mm. And it only takes 20 minutes. It, we all literally have it. I feel like I sound like a fitness guru now. <laughs> well, you honestly, you should be. I Because I have I worked with a lot of personal trainers and a lot of fitness gurus, so to speak. And I have never heard anyone say that, that it's about today. It's about the deposit for today. I love that because that is so true that we're not worried about, we're not focusing on the goal. We're focusing on the journey of how it's going to make you feel today. Yes. Yes. Love that. That is so true in everything. You know, one of the things that's come up for me, I was talking to my dad and it came up and it's falling in love with planting the seeds. Mm, Beautiful. Farmer. That's what a farmer does. Yep, yes. absolutely. Farmer's excited about harvest, but he's in love with planting the seeds. Mm-hmm. So a business owner, you have to fall in love with planting the seeds because it can rain and your harvest is gone. The locusts can come and eat your harvest. You know, the the dry, the drought can come and your harvest won't come. But if you fall in love with planting the seeds, you will go again. Yeah. I love that. Planting this, fall in love with planting the seeds. That's awesome. That's awesome. So you mentioned your your heart surgery a little yes. bit ago. So do you want to share with us that journey? Yes. Yes. I'm working out. I'm eating right. I'm feeling good. I'm, I'm like you said, I'm on, I'm on social media posting these videos, you know, and, it, and I'm feeling good about my body. I'm feeling like, okay, I'm getting more sexy. I like this look that I'm getting. And then I have this pain in my chest and I had it for about seven days. And I was like, okay, I can meditate my way out of this. I can drink enough olive oil to get this out of us. I can run four miles to get this out of me. I'm trying to figure out a way to get out of it. And finally, in one of my meditations, my inner voice says, let's go give science a chance. So I go to the emergency room and they do a bunch of tests. This is on a Wednesday. They do the thing up my arm and do the dye. And they, they're like, hey, you got two 95% blocks and one 100% block. We can't do what's called a stent. We have to do surgery. And I'm like, Okay, great. Do the surgery. And so that was on a Friday. They did the surgery. And on Monday, they're like, hey, you're going to go home today. And I'm like, go home today? 
Wow, that fast. I'm really scared to go home. I can barely breathe because they turn your heart off and your lungs off. And mine was 47 minutes. So they open this uh, up. Want to see the scar? Well, they open up your chest for those of you who are listening. Sure, show us the scar. Although you'll have to check out the YouTube channel to see it. Wow, <laughs> they really crack you open. Yeah, and spread yeah. your ribs apart and get yes. right, get right in there. Yes, their hands are down in there, and they stop my heart and my lungs for forty-seven minutes. So then, when I come back out of that, my lungs are collapsed like a vacuum bag. It's you know completely collapsed. So I have to build it back up. And one of the things they say is that that I'm sitting in this chair, and they're like, "You have to stand up." I had gotten to the chair finally, but I'm sitting there. She's like, you got to stand up and go for a walk. And all I could think about Shay was, I'm so scared of what's going to happen here. That was one voice. That's probably, am I enough? But then I am enough voice was like, you just last week was deadlifting like 350 pounds. You're, you just need to push down, just push down on your legs and stand up. And I have this great video on my social media and it's me looking I'm, I'm trying to find something to grasp because this is hurt. So I can't really push down because yeah. this was just open. It's still just, it's healed. It was, this is like three days. Yeah. So I, I'm like, how do I do this? And I just, I was so afraid, but courage, I have the courage came over me and I was like, just stand up. Now I'm not special. Here's the thing I want to say, your pain and my pain does not make us special. Mm. The courage that we muster to come through that and be here today, that's what makes us special. Mm, Amen. So when you say, Shay, that we need to self-love and maybe we don't because we were taught something, I would offer you guys this. It's our responsibility now. We can't blame it on anybody else. We can't blame it on our pain. You had pain. Welcome to the human race. We all had pain. I had this open heart surgery, these scars. I can make these scars and be a victim of them. Or I can take these scars and I can make them a victorious, victorious story. I lived through open heart surgery, you know, and, and, you know, when I went through my divorce, my heart was torn open and I felt Mm. like a failure and I felt like nothing. And, you know, again, my heart was wide open and I feel like my heart and my lungs had stopped then too, but finding my way out of the darkness was because I had built a gratitude muscle. Mm. You know, suck is coming to all of us. Welcome to the human race. Suck is coming. But how you handle that suck is going to be completely determined on what muscles you've built Mm. before it comes. You know, we all are going to struggle, but we don't have to suffer through it. The Mm. suffering comes because we become the victim of it. You know, the suffering comes because we want to blame. Anytime I blame someone else or something else, the economy, my ex, the kids, whatever, mm-hmm. the marketing didn't work. Anytime I blame something else, I've given it all the power. I've made it the God of the circumstance, of the situation. But when I take personal responsibility, now I have the helm. I can steer my way out of that storm. But it's only because I take personal responsibility. So I don't want to skip over what I said, your gratitude muscle. The way you build your gratitude muscle is right now, no matter what's going on, start saying gratitudes out your mouth. Mm -hmm. And what I teach is I I teach, I am grateful for my working hand and I am enough. That's what I teach my clients to say. And in, in my book, I have you do two of those an hour. Wow. Two of those an hour. 
And then the other thing to, to grow your gratitude muscle is I have, I recommend blessing two people a day. And these things, what they do is they get, they trans you from me, myself, and I to serve, solve, and save. Yes. So when we get out of me, myself, and I, and we get into serve, solve, and save, and serve, solve, and save includes you. Mm-hmm. Back to self-love. I need to serve Michael. You need to serve Shay. Solve, serve, solve. I need to solve for Michael. You need to solve for Shay. Save. You. I need to save Michael. And you need to save Shay. Because when we do that, then with the gratitude, blessing two people, our cup runneth over. And then everybody that comes to drink gets a drink of that life that you have mustered up inside of you. Clearly, we have synergy, Michael. We have so much in common. One of the things that I take my clients through is a gratitude journal of five things a day to find what they're grateful for, and then writing a thank you note to a person. And if you could actually like write an actual thank you note, old school style with a pen and an actual card handwritten and put a stamp on it, send it through the old school mail post office. Like that's even better. That's profound. Can you imagine getting a thank you letter? You're like, what is this? What is this piece? What is this? All your kids are like, what is that? Yeah. (laughs) And when I started doing that practice, just the way I felt in the world was it shifted everything. It shifted my perception of it. And it takes you from that victim mentality to the victor because you're now become your walk and your journey becomes where you're grateful for your heart being ripped open because you are noticing the lessons that you learned because your heart was ripped open. I would offer everyone to try this. And I have a lot of people give me a lot of pushback on this. Write a love letter to your pain. Mm. Dear pain, thank you for the burn of the fire because now I know how close to get. Mm. Dear pain, thank you for the cold and almost frostbite because now I know how long to stay in the cold. Imagine writing a love letter to your pain through the divorce, through the open heart surgery, through the, all the epic failures I've had in my business, through you know times when people were talking to me that I loved and they stopped talking to me. Imagine being able to thank pain because mm-hmm. it is a beautiful teacher. And I'm going to add to that, that if someone, if someone has hurt you, um, write them a thank you letter of how that hurt helped you. Yeah, right. And you don't have to send it if you don't want to, but just just writing the part of the writing the letter is so cathartic and therapeutic. I actually was in an abusive relationship. And when I got out, I learned how it was familiar. And so during my healing process, I read several books. Boundaries was one of them. Women Who Loved Too Much was another. And that book should really be called People Who Love Too Hard because it applies to men too. And it's really what I had no idea how familiar the relationship that I was in was. And so I immediately, one, forgave him. But the second thing that I started to do was when I share my story is that I thank God that it was him. That I was with because I was going to have to be with someone like that because it was familiar. Yes. And that's just part of our DNA normally, right? We just choose something that's familiar. 
And it's that is the lesson, right? And then you get out of it and go, wow, I, I need something completely different. Yes. That's when boundaries come in. Yes. And what do I need different? And had I could have been with someone worse. That's right. I survived. And he, there, believe me, there were attempts on my life throughout it. However, he could have went through with it. Exactly. And I was able to walk away. Yes. And so thank you. It is an absolute absolutely. love. Absolutely. It is yeah. a love to your pain because it brought you here alive and able to do what you're doing on the planet. Absolutely. I love it. Well, and it really showed me how I had been waiting to die my entire life. I don't know how you grew up, but in my family, it was talk of, well, just find work that you make a good living at and then you can you know, work for 40 years and then retire with a retirement plan and get the gold watch and be done. Yep. Yep, and yep. and the way oh and by the way the way you're living as a teenage alcoholic you'll be lucky if you make it to 18 you'll be lucky if you make it to 21 and then you know so on and so forth and then each milestone i literally didn't think i was gonna make it to 30. so now in my mid-30s here i am on this healing journey and i it hit me in a in like like a smack in the face like wow i've been waiting to die my entire life now i get to choose how i want to live Yes. Right. Yes. That's spectacular. I yeah. love it. And let's go from just surviving. So being that victim mentality to thriving. What does thriving look like? How do I create thriving? And, I, and I'm sure you, with you, when you're battling this, you're in the hospital bed looking at the quote unquote depression of a hospital, you know, you could have gone into that mode, but instead you're like, sitting in the chair going, okay, how can I thrive by standing? Yes. How can I stand up? You know? And it was funny because then I get home and I'm like, all right, I'm going to walk the first day. And I, the first couple of days, you know, I'm in my rhythm, I'm in my rhythm and everything. And then, you know, they say it's proven that everyone goes through this. that's had open heart surgery. And then I just went into this really dark place and I'm like, what yep. am I doing here? What, how did I get here again? <laughs> But one of the, the key things, Shay, that my evolution has helped has really helped me is I used to feel bad for feeling bad. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that Same. is so defeating because I've made it two levels to me get back to zero. I feel bad and now I feel bad for feeling bad. So I'm two levels away from getting back to zero. Right. So I gave myself permission. I'm like, you know what? And I would offer everyone in the sound of my voice, give yourself permission to feel bad. Own it. Okay, I got my heart broke. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be depressed and feel bad for two weeks. Okay, they didn't publish my book. I'm gonna be depressed for two weeks or two days or whatever it is. What if we just gave ourselves permission and then the per whatever if it's one, two, zero, whatever it is, we say, hey, I'm gonna feel bad for this amount of time. Yeah, and then I'm out of it. Now the feeling bad doesn't own me. I own it. Yes, and it's because I didn't resist it. I pulled it in and started to dance with it. Because when I was fighting it, it was kicking my ass. Mm -hmm. But when I started to dance with it, now I can spin it. I can find a new dance partner after a little bit. I can find happiness. I can find anger. I can find joy. But when I was fighting it, all it did was hold its boot on the back of my neck mm -hmm. and keep my face down in depression. And I just, it dawned on me, I'm not giving myself a chance. I'm not giving myself a chance to recover. Yes. And I love that you talk about that because I've been saying 
during my journey that if I'm going to throw myself a pity party, I'm going to make a plan. I'm going to plan the party. Yes. Right? It's not going to be a spontaneous one. Yes. No, no, I'm going to plan that party and take <laughs> however long it takes and eat all the crap that I want to eat and watch all the movies and do all the crying or whatever it is I want to do during that pity party and then be like, okay, now I'm done. And the beautiful thing about that is the door is always opened that way. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling bad for feeling bad. I've locked the door. I've clamped it. It's a big vault and I can't get on the other side of the door because I'm feeling bad for feeling bad. But as soon as we do what you just brilliantly said, hey, I'm throwing a pity party. I'm going to feel sorry for myself. I'm really good at it. I'm going to eat what I want, watch what I want, blah, 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 sleep as much as I want. Now the door's always open. And at any moment, I can just get up and walk out the door. Yeah. It's brilliant. I love what you're saying. That is exactly what I'm talking about. Love it. Love our conversation. Clearly, clearly we have a lot in common. But And we'll continue on. But first, I just want to give a shout out to our sponsors and take a moment to share the incredible teams that I've I've partnered with for the last several years. And I am honored to be part of the Heroes Media Group who produces this show. So shout out to Adam and the team over there. And also I want to share with you this incredible energy supplement that I have found. It's called Sisu Stamina. It is through the my friends over at ulauniverse.com. And it gives you, it tastes like a sweet tart, like oh, those vitamin C chewables is what it tastes like. And I just eat one of those in the mid-afternoon and I don't need that afternoon coffee anymore. So it makes you healthy. It does have a little bit of caffeine in it, but it has longer lasting effects, just not for the day. It is all made all natural and it is a veteran owned company and they are been honored me and you, if you want to go over to ULA Universe, you receive a 10% discount when using the promo SPARKS10 on your checkout. And also I want to mention the Firestarters book project. It is really about connecting and collaborating with other creative thought leaders to ignite a movement of amazingness and kindness and love and connection inside a book and if you want to know more about that movement, go to firestartersbookproject.com. Well, Michael, obviously we could talk for hours, but I, I'm just curious, because you're a coach, because you've owned your business, because you've been a veteran, can you share with us what was it like for you as a veteran coming out of that deciding what to do next? Did you automatically have a plan? You knew that once you left the Marines, you were going to go immediately into coaching or was it kind of a, you know, kind of like a progressive, I'm going to do this. And then it let, let led me to this or, or did you, did you know what you're going to do? Yeah. When I was in the Marine Corps, I got to guard President Reagan and President Bush. So it was a really prestigious, you know, outfit and, and MOS that I was doing. And I, and it was great. I, I trained with a hostage rescue team. So I, I learned a lot of cool stuff, but I knew that for me, I needed to be a, a little more of a free spirit than I could have been inside of the Marine Corps. So I, I'd done my four years. I was an honorable discharge. I loved it. And when I got out, I, didn't know what I was going to do. I started working in the fitness industry for a while. And then I started working for this guy and he offered, it was a restoration company and he offered for me to buy the business and we we're able to do that. And so for 20, 25 years, I owned that business. And while I owned that business, we had some stellar, I mean, we made a bunch of money. We had some huge successes. 
we were like rookie of the year. It was a franchise and they gave us rookie of the year our first year. So we really, we, when I say we, it was with my wife at the time, she's my ex-wife now. We really blew it up. We blew the business up. And during that time, people would come to me and be like, hey, you know, how's it, how'd you do that? You know, I'd like to get some advice from you and things like that. And so that's where I started to like get a taste of that helping and serving, mm-hmm. solving and saving in that arena. And so then I started to lean into that. And then the book kind of evolved itself. And I started to do that more and more and more. And I taught a, a class at my kids' private school and was te- taught, teaching them these life lessons that I had evolved. And so all that kind of come together into this, the Michael Botts experience, which is what it is called now. Yeah. And I've had some great mentors that really helped me a lot. And you know, that 20 years of owning that business really, you know, you get a taste of, I mean, making payroll, that is brutal. Making put, if you haven't made, tried to make payroll, man, that is one of the hardest things to do. It's so brutal. And we had, you know, a national company with 17 sites across the United States. So it, it's, it was a lot, but I loved every minute. I love owning my own business. I would rather work 80 hours for myself than 40 to not work 40 hours for someone else. You know, I just really love owning my own business. So, so that's kind of the evolution to where it is now. And what's going on now is, you know, with clients, I, I help them in their spirit, their soul, and their body. These are the three areas that I kind of land in. Mm -hmm. Spirit is your higher power, universe, God, whatever that is. And we do a lot of meditation in that area. Mm -hmm. Soul is all this stuff. You and I are, are evolving soul right now. Soul is your money, your relationship with money. And then body falls into five, um, hydration, flexibility, food, what you're eating, movement, and sleep. That's the five areas that, that kind of cover body. And so each week with my clients, we go over that. And did I answer your question? Did I get, do I get it? <laughs> you get a gold star. Yes, you do. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Uh, well, and I love that you share how it was a progression because I know a lot of times, my clients or my clients, my my listeners are in that world, right? They're either in the military going to civilian life or they're an employee thinking they want to be an entrepreneur. And it's never a direct route, right? There's always these bumps and ebbs and flows yes. and, and things along the way. And I truly believe that we need to highlight how it is just an ebb and flow and allow that bounce to go like if you are a car right you have shocks on the car so you can you feel them right you might feel those bumps and bruises along the way but you're not like it's not going to tip you over absolutely and i feel like we are refined who we are by those bumps and bruises by those bumps in the road by the by the things that we go through by the ebbs and the flows because of uh, the experiences, the things that we learn from them, and that might take us in a different direction. Yes, yes. And well, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, and I love that you started. You really started teaching because I said this on a million, well, five years worth of shows that when the teacher is ready, the student appears. And so you were the student at one point, and then all of a sudden you became the teacher, and then you literally were teaching classes, and now yes. you become the coach to c- continue to teach more. Yeah, I think some real key factors in there is falling down is allowed and getting up is required. It's just that simple. I mean, think about as we learn to walk, it was on our DNA, falling down is allowed and getting up is required. Getting up is required. It's the obvious thing to do. But the reason we don't get up is because we're living in am I enough? Mm -hmm. And 
we're also feeling bad for feeling bad. That's the reason we don't get up, you know, and we, we, we save or we waller in our pain when what we should do is go, okay, like you just said, I'm going to have my pity party. You know, I always say I'm really good at feeling sorry for myself. I'm an expert at that, you know, and so do that and then get up because when you get up, you are different. You have had an evolution. You are smarter, faster, stronger. This is a formula for set for success. Risk, fail, learn, repeat. Mm. If we just do that, we will succeed at anything. In love, risk. I'm going to ask her out. I'm going to ask him out. Fail. They say no. We go on the date and it's a terrible. Learn. Okay, what did I learn? Okay, I need to say this or maybe I needed that or that just wasn't the right person. Repeat. Risk, fail, learn, repeat. In business, risk. I'm going to ask this customer, hey, can we do business with you? Fail. They say, no, not right now. Learn. Okay, don't don't talk to them on a Monday or don't approach them on a Friday or whatever that looks like. And then repeat, you know, with, with our bodies. Risk. I'm going to start walking. Fail. I only got two days in this week. Learn. Okay, I know that if I put my shoes out and I, you know, put the T-shirt right there, I'm going to get up and I'm going to go. And then repeat. Risk, fail, learn, repeat. You know, it's it's right in front of us. And when we are, when we start to evolve, I am enough, then we can just continue on the risk, fail, learn, repeat. Brilliant. You're absolutely brilliant. And I want to make a point about the learn component. It seems to be that the learning has stopped for some people, right? They'll do the risk, they'll fail, and then they stop. That's it. And then they'll repeat. Or they won't. Some time has gone by, they'll repeat, but they make the same risk, fail the same way, and then they repeat and they don't understand because they're missing that learning component. Absolutely. So what advice would you give to someone who's doing that, who's doing the the risk, they're doing the failing, and they keep repeating it? How do you, what would you say to them to go, you got to learn? Yes. Yes. This is a brilliant question. I love it. Thank you so much. You've set me up perfectly. We can all risk. I mean, we it's in our DNA to risk, whatever that is, go for the job, whatever we've talked about. The fail has become this monster. The fail has become this big monster. Why? When you got an F in school, every grandpa didn't talk to you and they didn't give you the money. You know, when you're on the team and you miss the the ball and you drop it, everybody mad at you when you crash the car, you know, all these fails, all that's happened to you is they've amplified it. You know, you suck. That's what happened. And they're not bad people. I'm not blaming them. That's how they, that's how they knew to do it. But we've learned that fail is a bad thing. And so for me, failure was this big monster and I'm trying to fight this big monster. And as I said before, failure had its boot on the back of my neck. My face is dead down in disappointment and I'm just depressed. And then I decided, you know what? I'm going to let failure be my teacher. Mm. And so I sat at the feet of fail. I let failure get up there with the big blackboard and the chalkboard and write out, this is what you did. This is why it failed. And this is your learn. So now I'm not mad at failure. Failure isn't my enemy. Actually, failure is my friend. That's in my book. I talk about failure is your friend. And some people, they've been so indoctrinated that failure is bad, that they will not, they refuse to allow failure to be their friend. It's like 
there's sometimes you see on bumper stickers, you know, failure is not an option. Well, I don't know where you're living, but failure is all that's happening over here. And then success <laughs> happens to it. One other thing I'd like to share about that is failure and success are twin sisters. They're twins. I won't say sisters. Failure and success are twins. Mm-hmm. And you have to date one to date the other. But they mm-hmm. look exactly the same. Think about, oh, this success. Think about this. The failure was just repeating that with the learn. And then the success happened. But it looks the same. They're twins. So why be mad at dating failure when you know that because you've dated failure, you get to date success? Well, I think oftentimes we get stuck in that fixed failure mindset of, you know, like you just said, I am the failure, right? We attach that label to ourselves rather than asking ourselves, what can I learn from this? That's beautiful. I love it. That's exactly the point. That's the difference. You said, what do we say to these people? This is the principle, the learn failure is your teacher set at the feet of failure, submit to failure and go, Okay, what is the what do you te- want to teach me today? And it'll teach you. And then you take that learn and now you're completely different because you took that learn and you go again, repeat, risk, fail, learn, repeat. Well, why isn't success in there anywhere, Michael? Because it's going to happen naturally if you'll just continually do the risk, fail, learn, repeat. It's dating failure so that you get a date success. <laughs> Well, being someone who's single in the dating world, I don't know if I would say I would date twins, but <laughs> but I do get your point, and I love that you brought it up that way. Oh, I, and I, you know, this is such a great subject because we're all in this thing called life, and you call it failures. I started at nineteen, calling them. I will never fail. I will only learn. And nice. and I don't even know how that. At 19, I was not wise whatsoever, how that even came upon me. But I'm so glad I started looking at it that way, because even though fear started to show up many, many times, and once I was able to go on my healing journey, I then started to practice stepping out of my comfort zone. And literally every time I did, I was like, okay, what am I here to learn? Like about me. And if that is also part of that self-love component, the learning, because in my opinion, what is your opinion on this, Michael? If we stop growing, we start living. Yes. Yes. There's all, if your heart's beating, you're here for a reason. And that reason needs to be you evolving, evolving. And I would offer you this. I don't think the learn is you're capable of a learn without self-love because the failure would still be the monster. Right. You know? If you take the risk, congratulations, you had courage, you took the risk, you fail. And if you haven't learned self-love yet, fail would still be a monster that's that's got its, you know, it's got a chokehold on you. But when you start to self-love, now that chokehold's released and you can sit at the feet of fail and go, because you self-love and you've gotten into I am enough, you can go, okay, that's failure. Now, what is my learn? And in the I am enough, you can take the learn and repeat. But it's all going to fall back on what you're talking about here. This taking care of ourselves is the only way we take care of anyone else. Beautiful. Well, clearly we could talk for hours. Yes, we could. Time has just flown by so fast. So 
I just have a few more questions. So what do you want to be remembered for? What would be your legacy? That's a great question. What do I want my legacy to be? I want my legacy to be that my great, great grandkids still talk about falling down as allowed and getting up as required. Mm. Ooh, I got the chills on that. Beautiful. Beautiful. I have no doubt they will be talking about that. No doubt. Yeah, definitely. How can people connect with you? We talked about your website. What about social media? Yeah, actually, I didn't ask permission for this before, so you can delete this out if you want to. But I, I have the Stop Stopping Yourself co- group coaching that I'm doing on Sunday nights. Yeah, it's an it's an hour and it's brilliant. One of the things that we just did was we had everybody write a letter to someone they adore, mm. someone that they you know were kind of disappointed in or whatever, and then we had them translate that letter from themselves to themselves. Mm. And it was, it was a brilliant exercise. It was beautiful what happened. So I would invite everyone to come to stop your stop stopping yourself. And I would give them, you know, two weeks for free. They could come and try it out and stuff like that. So that's on that's on Facebook. You can do that. On Instagram, I leave a lot of stuff like that. I haven't been as active since the heart surgery, mm-hmm. but this has got me encouraged and given some light into my life. So probably I'll start to do it more. So thank you for this. Yeah. And and on Instagram, I think it's Go For The Big, which is the name of the book, Go For The Big. Okay. Of course, you mentioned my website. So those are kind of three ways to reach out. So tell me again, the Facebook group for them to look for. Stop Stopping Yourself by Stop Michael. Stop Stopping Yourself. By yeah. Got it. Nice. And the website is themichaelbotsexperience.com. Yes. Awesome. Yes. Well, it has just been a joy to have you here. So thank you for being willing to be on here. And I always like to leave with this question of what phrase, scripture, or mantra are you living by right now? It's still going to be falling down as allowed and getting up as required because I feel like this heart thing is sort of like a fall down and I'm giving myself permission to, like we've talked about, feel bad, not be encouraged and then get back up, you know, get up, Michael. There's people that you're literally going to save if you get back up. So I would say falling down is allowed and getting up is required is really the the foundation of of who I am. Well, I am glad that you got back up. Thank you. Thank you for being here. I love you, Shay. This is brilliant. I'm grateful. I'm just so excited. I just want to give you a hand. Ladies and gentlemen, Shay. (laughs) Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you for being here. And don't go away. We'll be right back with a new segment that you'll have to check out. You're going to love it. This is the segment that I like to call Don't Be a Dick segment. And Dick stands for dishonorable, inconsiderate, conniving, and know-it-all. So don't be a dick to yourself and others. And in today's episode, we were talking with Michael Botts, and he was sharing with us about how oftentimes we think that we aren't enough, that we're not enough in the in our the way we show up as a leader, we're not enough in our relationships, and we're surely not enough in how we talk to ourselves. And as far as conniving goes, that's literally what I am not enough is. You're conniving yourself into believing something that is not true. So what do you do about that? How do you counteract that? 
Well, like we talked about in today's episode, living from a place of I'm not enough is about being a victim. It's about being in survival mode. You're not really thriving. You're just surviving. You're just getting by. And you're constantly having this inner negative voice that is knocking you down. Conniving is manipulating you. That's what you're doing when you're talking to yourself and saying, I'm not good enough, or I'm not smart enough, or I'm not rich enough, or I'm not pretty enough. And men might be like, well, I might be, might be pretty enough. But men think about, I'm not good looking enough, I'm not handsome enough. In fact, a lot of my coaching clients are men. And that is one thing I've noticed that they have said about themselves on a regular basis. I'm not enough. I don't provide enough for her. I don't provide enough for our family. I'm not a a good enough husband or a good enough father to our children. All these things. And don't get me wrong. Women say it too. But I want you to know that that voice is not coming from a place of freedom. It's not coming from a place of self-love. It's coming from a place of fear. And one of the things that I do with my clients is I have them journal and I have them write down literally old school with a pen and paper because then it changes the neural pathways in your brain. So even if it's a pencil or a crayon, whatever your favorite writing utensil is, do it old school, get out that paper, get out that writing utensil, and you start to write down all the things that you are saying to yourself. Like, I'm not enough. I'm not this. I'm not that. I'm not this. Whatever. Whatever it is. I'm not athletic. Whatever it is. And then I want you to think about someone that you admire. Someone that you inspires you. Someone that you aspire to be. And I want you to think about them and all of the characteristics that inspires you about them. That you admire in them. That you aspire to be one day. And as you make that list, I want you to then go back and make a new list. And you're putting the words I am in front of those words of the characteristics of the people that you want to be like. And I'll tell you why. Because we're a mirror of what we see. And what you are seeing when you say I'm not enough is that you're seeing other people not being enough for you. So stop conniving yourself, stop manipulating yourself, and start providing a place of self-love, investing in that own self-love for you because you are worth it, number one. But you want to come from a place of overflow like we were talking in today's episode. By doing this journal exercise, you're starting to rewrite your brain and then go a little bit further and start being, writing that gratitude journal. What can you be grateful for? So instead of poking at yourself and poking all the holes where you think they are in yourself, look for the good. What's something good you can say about yourself today? Try that five times a day. See how your mind shifts. See how your mindset shifts. And then you're living from a place of freedom. And let me know what happens after 30 days of doing this or three months of doing this. 
let me know. Send me a message on social media or you can go to the SheaSparksShow.com and let me know what that looks like for you. I would love to hear what you've learned about yourself. You could even leave a voicemail. And in fact, if you do leave a voicemail, we will play it on the show. So I hope you have taken time to invest in your relationship with yourself, relationships around you, because you are worth it. And until next time, let's get fired up. 